You're listening to the Soakin' Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soakin' Podcast. I'm your host, T, and with me are Jace and Leo. That's Jace Tracer. And Leo. And this is the penultimate episode. Not the ultimate. There's still one left. The penultimate episode. It's okay if you didn't recognize that word because Jace didn't know what it meant either when we talked about it behind the scenes last week. Vic. Dude, Dude, I had to look it up is too. The ultimate pen. <laughs> Vic makes does make good pens. Yes. <laughs> Anything of note this week you guys wanted to update the rest of the world on? Oh, it's just more of the same, you guys. I'm wondering if we may need to restart 2020. I'm coming to the realization that literally something might be off on a metaphysical, eschatological framework. Yeah. Things are just really screwed up. Now, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I believe, with all of the the who didn't start to fire stuff. But now there's some kind of new Asian flu coming in here, wrecking stuff, a coronavirus. I heard, I read a meme that said, uh, "You know what would go good with the coronavirus? Lyme disease." No giggity. You get it like Mexican beer. Oh, I do get it. I didn't, but like now I do. I actually learned um, when I was on spring break in college. We went down to Matamoros, right across the border. I've been there, and I've learned the only two, or not two. It's a few. The only several Spanish words I need to know is dos, mas, cervezas, por favor. Because you don't drink the water, so you don't want a drink that has ice in it. You just want a bottled beer, and you're good to go. Or that a was my of life. Coke. Mexican again? Coke is a thing, too. Not cocaine, Mexican Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, you don't. They, too, are bottled. Yeah, no, I avoided all that. It was cervezas. I like to put a Mexican beer in my margarita. Anyone in on that? Still, I take, I take it by your silence. No. That's a big fat no. Yeah, you're alone. Alright, well, this week we'll be discussing the Anthem 2.0 update, Pixar's Onward, and playing a trivia game for Star Wars and Elder Scrolls. Late last year, uh, Kotaku released information that BioWare was planning a complete overhaul of their game Anthem, which came out in February of 2019. With record low player counts for a title, especially with controversial games that were released alongside it, like Fallout 76, Anthem's rework has been a pretty hot topic for some BioWare fans and haters alike. Did either of you play Anthem when it was first released, and do you think that you'll play it again when it gets its overhaul? I did play Anthem when it was first released, and I do imagine that I will play it again when it gets an overhaul. I have a confession. I was gifted Anthem by someone on this podcast. (laughs) That was so nice, T. (laughs) (laughs) And, man, I hated that game. (laughs) Oh, 
I, I wanted to play it with my friends, and ugh. I yeah, there was a group like... of us that, that would jump in and fly around and, and do missions there for a little while. And we tried to get Leo interested in it, and he just didn't care for it. It wasn't his cup of tea. It was my cup of pee. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. I'm into it sometimes. Alright, so do you guys think a warranted an overhaul, or do you think that uh, they're just attributing this to why it hasn't gotten the player base they were hoping for? So, <laughs> I think <clears throat> I think it definitely needed an overall. Um, there were a lot of issues with the game uh, at its release. A lot of them were connectivity issues. A lot of them were just insane, stupid, crazy loading times. Um, and a lot of it was just a lack of content and, uh, I mean, other criticisms that we can get into. But I do think the game warranted an overhaul. I'm I'm excited about the potential for it because I do think there were some cool elements of the game. And I, frankly, would enjoy playing it with my homies. I think it would it, it could be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think that the number one problem... With, see, I don't know. I don't play on what I would consider a super top-line machine. But I didn't experience, I recognize that some people did experience problems with the game. I did not. It ran like butter on my machine. I never had a problem with connectivity. Some of the load times when it first launched were a little long, but there was a patch, I don't know, a couple weeks in that seemed to fix that for me and my load time straightened out. Um, but really, overall, the, the bones of the game were kind of fantastic. It was one of the funnest mechanically speaking, one of the funnest games I've played in that genre for a long, long time. I liked being able to fly around and shoot lightning out of my palm or fire out of my palm or blow up stuff with, you know, brain bombs or whatever it was. Um, the yeah. content, I guess it depends on how you look at it, whether the content was light or not. The game, the, the story content, I thought was a little short. There were about, I don't know, 10 hours maybe of, of story and that felt really short for a Bioware game for me. Yeah, for Bioware game, absolutely. I, I'm into it, I think... Because I know Bioware and I know Dragon Age and I know Mass Effect, like I kind of go into it expecting a story, and I was really disappointed by that. But aside from that, I mean, the the, the I don't know the game itself. I mean, I mean, we've we've talked at length, Jace. I I, I know already, but the 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 gameplay for me was just hot garbage. Like it was, I I couldn't connect most of the time, and when I could, the gameplay was was janky. I was constantly facing fps issues and like my character would get into these like um like i'd push a button and i would just start sprinting off in a random direction with the shield raised like just the things that i didn't press any buttons to do and it was really difficult to play a game that had those kinds of bugs and and i know i was not alone because it's it's metacritic user score is at at 4.0 i mean it's like it has it has received its fair share of criticism for stuff like that i like i said did not experience any of it i played with a couple of other people in our guild and they didn't seem to um you can't you can't deny people did i mean if it's on if it's that you know well known it's on the internet to that level you have to acknowledge it at least i did not experience it what i loved about the game was the lore too i thought that it had a really cool backstory uh the universe and world building was on par with bioware um the the story was short but man it was really good i loved being this kind of freelancer roughneck guy that kind of got into this mysticism of the 
of a, a world that was created by these weird powers and this weird anthem and you know kind of uncovering the story there was a little bit of sci-fi a little bit of almost space opera feel to it but um i i enjoyed every minute that i played it there were problems obviously once you get to a point where there's nothing left to do in the game what are you going to do you don't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over so a lack of content really can be the death knell for a game that's supposed to be kind of ongoing with releases and, and story and stuff yeah for sure i i don't know I, I had kind of the opposite experience like maybe it was because of my expectations with bioware but i found the story to me was I mean, it was okay it was kind of bland it was just like all of the other um like sci-fi games that were coming out at around the same time it was just like oh okay look this is another thing um the the voice acting and stuff just wasn't impressive to me the um even the the quote choices you got as a character for like your dialogue return options were they didn't affect anything it was just i don't know th there was a lot of stuff that maybe i was expecting too much out of what is basically a shooter and i was expecting an rpg because of bioware and because of some of the i don't know some of the facade of like it being um uh, it having elements of, of of an RPG. Maybe maybe I just didn't have the right expectations going in, but man, I was I was disappointed. And let's let's talk about the lack of critical favor with fans because Bioware has had some major hits. Uh, the Mass Effect and Dragon Age series have both been among the top rated games of their time. I mean, they have massive fan followings. Um, and then this one, they just really seem to drop the ball. What is it? Do you think that there's something in particular that caused Bioware to fumble their record here? They got out of their wheelhouse. And let's be honest, Bioware yeah, is totally. high RPG. That's what they do really, really well. They tell stories and make characters. And they give you choice. And your choices matter. And, you know, Bioware isn't necessarily known for great gameplay. That's not... I'm not saying the gameplay is terrible in those games. Uh, certainly Mass Effect and Dragon Age are fun to play. It's just that they're, they don't break a mold. They do things that have already been done. Uh, Dragon Age Origins probably is, is a, a standout there in terms of gameplay. But even that is very traditional RPG. And that's what Bioware really does well. And I think they fumbled by trying to grab a piece of the, the Destiny crowd. Yeah, totally. Bioware has the thing they do well, and it is exactly that. Mass Effect was fantastic for its story and for its RPG elements. Dragon Age was um, honestly one of the best RPGs I've I've played. Um, at least Dragon Age Origins. It it, it the, the the quality. I don't know. That, that's not the subject here. Um, things changed as those games, um, the new new games came out. But Bioware has a niche and it has developers that are really good at a certain thing and and that honestly was the kind of thing that i was expecting coming into anthem i was really excited when it was gifted to me and i was a butthole and didn't like it but um when i went to play it and i was like oh awesome there's a there's a single player quest there's a there's a you know a, an actual story to play through and when i went to play the story i was like "Ooh, this is this seems like it's made by different people this this just doesn't feel I don't know. It, it there was there was very little depth to it, and it, it just I wasn't immersed in it. I was I was I don't know. It was almost like a band aid on what was another game. I think 
Bioware has, has had historically a real talent of taking the player and immersing them into a universe and making that player kind of as they play the game feel like they are living in in that world mm -hmm. this game doesn't do that and that is f a very fair criticism it is more like to me watching a film and i enjoyed watching the film i, I liked playing this particular movie but it did not have that full-on feel of of the player impacting the story or the narrative it really was a lot right. more about me playing a game with some really cool cutscenes in between now i liked the cutscenes i liked the story it's a movie i'd watch but it it really was far and away different from what bioware had done before i'll also offer the the um the caveat that um the gameplay itself was also actually fun at the times where i could play the game and Honestly, my criticism is that that those those times were few and far between. But when I could play the game, it was gorgeous. The the vistas, I mean, it was a beautiful game. It was it seemed like it should have been, and, and it, unfortunately, I wasn't able to experience because of connectivity and and, and and other issues. But the gameplay itself was solid. Like it was it was well rendered. It was um, uh, the 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 challenge with the enemies that you were facing it was actually really well done unfortunately it was just i don't know i i don't know how they messed that up they they either were hosting it on poor servers it, like it just it just wasn't in a condition to let a large group of players actually enjoy it um uh, at the same time for some reason I, I i don't know if they could fix that man i i, I think they have they have a good opportunity on their hands I was really involved in the. Well, I don't know what I'm going to say involved. I I kept up with very very heavily the Reddit, the subreddit for Anthem, and one of the one of the things I kept reading over and over from the player base was that the heartbreaking thing about the them for for them about this game was that the gameplay was spot on the game they wanted to be playing. They liked that the mechanics. They liked the choices that you got to have in your build. They liked the progression even of your power set. This is what they wanted to be playing, but the the way that that gameplay interacted with the world or the story or the progression, um, in terms of end game, it, it just lost appeal. Um, one of the huge criticisms on on Reddit on that subreddit was that it was impossible to ever get to your ideal build. Like the the loot drop was rate was horrific. You had to do play. Uh, I think it was like somebody worked out math. You had to play 150,000 of this certain dungeon in order to get your statistically get the build that you wanted to get and that you know nobody's gonna do that that's boring that's not fun that what they needed to do was drop loot more and add more content yeah at at, at launch they, they did rectify some of that by being a little bit more generous with the loot drops um shortly after launch but yeah certainly at first it was it was really really well, bad even after that even the, after the loot change because i played after the loot change you did get more of the higher tiered stuff but you didn't get more of the end tier stuff in fact mm. the drop rates for the highest tier went down strangely enough so Oof. Pro progressing through the game you did get more of those oranges and those purples and you're like rad man i'm getting more stuff but then when you get to that end game when you're really going for that particular piece of uh equipment and the other thing about it the loot table on the loot tables the statistics on these pieces of equipment that you get were random so you could yeah. have a piece of equipment that would say bonus to fire but it didn't even shoot fire so it's a worthless stat on this three four stat piece 
and you know they just needed to tighten that all that up so that every stat mattered on your piece i think more important than any of that though um is the fact that nobody has used the word rad to describe anything for like 20 years i use rad all the time it's it's not very radical of you it really isn't very radical of you I use word a lot too. Like one of my favorite things. Word is, is use... fine. Word is fine. Rad word is, is like word to your mama. We're talking about eye size okay. baby years. We're on top. <laughs> um, this isn't the first game that we've seen fumble and then have to get rewritten a little bit. Go back for some revisions. Games like Battlefront 2 and No Man's Sky were really, really, they, oh, they suffered. Uh, due to the initial backlash, but they've become more popular later on in their lives when new content was added and some major changes have been made. Do you think that this overhaul will save Anthem? I do. Um, I'm I'm not a guy, I mean, Jace can attest to this, I'm not a guy who generally finds the optimistic perspective in things. However, it's true. I have watched games um, that I have thought have been um, steaming piles of dung that have reinvented themselves with committed developers. Um, and No Man's Sky is one of those, like, in my opinion, one of those great success, sto success stories. Woo. Success stories that uh, of a game that wasn't well received when it was released, but had changed because of committed developers and and became something great, something that it was originally supposed to be. Um, everything I have heard about Anthem gives me hope that Bioware and even EA, for all of my um, deep dark hatred of uh, some of EA's uh, strategies, it gives me hope that Anthem can be salvaged. I have big hope, and part of it is because I what I read from the developers where they said, "A number one, we hear you. We have received the feedback. We are listening." And B number two, they have pulled um, their developers, their devs from just about every studio to work on the game. So if you if you're listening to the player base and you're giving the resources to make it good, I just don't know how that how they can go wrong, especially with a game that I consider having such great bones, having such a fun gameplay. Bones. You are the chosen one, Bioware. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> Dude, Bioware's made some fantastic games. Please make Anthem fantastic. We're literally begging you. Well, whether you loved or hated Anthem, or whether you will grow to love it or to hate it more, Bioware does appear invested in making it as popular as they believe that it should be. However, if you're more of a fan of some of their older titles, the company has made plans for a Dragon Age 4, and rumor has it they're in early production stages for another Mass Effect title. Fans of Disney and Pixar's animated series are likely already talking about Onward, an urban fantasy film about two brothers on a quest to save their dad by any magical means necessary. With the mixture of fantasy and modern lifestyle, some are calling it a callback to the creativity of Monsters, Inc. What do you guys think about the idea of an animated modern fantasy? I think it's fun. I think the, um, the combination of magic and modernity, I think it has a lot of potential to be fun, especially with an animated, like, fun comedy-style show. Um, there's a lot of leeway that I'm willing to give comedy. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think it has a lot of potential to be fun. I've watched the trailers, and I have 
Um, in fact, my whole family, my two daughters and my wife, were, were all excited to watch it together when it comes out in theaters. I think, I don't know about the animated part, but the modern fantasy part is an underutilized genre. Um, the, the idea that you take a fantasy world, which is usually, you know, medieval times with magic and wizards and warlocks and unicorns, um, but then you progress in time and you give them a chance to have technology and a, maybe an industrial boom, et cetera, et cetera. But you still have those fantasy elements in modern day. That's something that isn't done a lot. Uh, I've seen a lot more. I've seen it happen a lot in novels. Like there's that whole urban fantasy genre that seems to be kind of taking off right now. Um, and I think there was a show on Netflix called Shine that was that sort of idea. You know, a, a fantasy world, but in current modern day. And I think that there's just so much opportunity to tell a lot of big stories there yes i loved the trailers yes i think that it looks funny and pixar usually hits it out of the park so i have high hopes on all of that stuff but i think that at the core the idea of you know taking fantasy elements that we all kind of like as our peers and then putting it in the today realm or maybe you know the 80s realm it doesn't look like it's exactly exactly today whatever it's just not done a lot and i like it have you seen the movie Bright. Oh, maybe that's not what I'm talking about. I said Shine, but maybe I meant Bright. Yeah. Shine, the one with Bright. Will Ferrell. Will no, Will Smith, right? I'm, I mean, Will Smith. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ferrell would have made it a completely <laughs> different movie. He, he would have. He would have. There's so much Will room Smith, for yes. activities. <laughs> yeah, Bright. Right, I thought it was it was a really good movie. I, I heard it got lambasted with um, with critical reviews, but I well, thought it was really good. I liked it too. We in my household, we enjoyed it very much, and we hoped for a sequel. So I, I think the idea of a modern fantasy, yeah, it's a complete, it's a very underutilized genre. And I'm, if it can be done well, like there there are there are certain um, I don't know, uh, even RPG genres that do it well. What is the? Um, oh no, I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna waste our time here. I, can't, I cannot think of the uh, tabletop um, and even Shadow video Run. game. Shadowrun. That's it. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you, T. You're a lifesaver. Shadowrun, which which combines the whole modern um, idea of like medieval fantasy, but puts it in modern technological times. Like that mix is something I, I don't know. I find rather interesting um, to see how that how that kind of thing plays out putting it in a comedic um animated movie i think would be fantastic how do you feel about the trailer showing magical creatures as just sort of everyday nuisances was that where the the unicorn pegasuses were like raccoons in the trash <laughs> <laughs> i laughed i freaking laughed i ain't gonna lie yeah, no. It has, has so much potential, especially for something that isn't taking itself seriously. It has infinite potential to be something funny. Now, the 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 difference, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put um uh the 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 movie we were just talking about, Bright. Mm -hmm. What was it? Oh no, what Bright. Was the name it was of Bright. We, Bright? You, okay. you said Bright. I had said Shine, but I think. Oh you're man. Right. Okay. Bright. So I'm I'm gonna put Bright as a comparison, like. He kills a fairy, like Will Smith kills a fairy, at the, like early in the movie, and it, it 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 
like it was kind of a dark moment but they tried to paint it as comedic like this is a cartoon that isn't going to do that or i have i have full confidence pixar is not going to confuse the two um and it's going to make things comedic and fun so yeah no i'm stoked about it i think i think it could be it could be a lot of fun yeah and you, there's just so much you can do with it like the, the unicorns in the trash is hilarious everybody thinks of unicorns or pegasus as these majestic ultimate you know ultimate beautiful creatures and they eat your trash and have to be chased away like they're pests that's cute well we can't talk about this film without talking about its cast which includes jace's favorite web slinger <laughs> the film stars tom holland and chris pratt as the elf brothers ian and barley how do you guys feel about the cast and what are your thoughts on the character's design i'm okay. i'm gonna let jace go listen it's not just tom holland yes he is a complete and utter bay chris pratt is also big time zaddy totes in but I'm, i just watched <laughs> this is a little off topic i just watched kanan just dm'd me the video of tom holland singing uh, lip syncing to uh rihanna's umbrella <laughs> it's the best thing on the internet sometimes if i'm having a bad day i just put it on so that i can feel better i highly request everyone go look but anyway tom and chris as uh as a cast together period you know come on you can't go wrong they're so fun they're so charming they're so easy to watch and like uh, adding their voices is just is just gonna make the whole premise in the whole movie better super cool I, the rest of the cast is great too but you know come on tom holland <laughs> i can say um, as a person who's not attracted to either of them, I do kind of agree <laughs> that I think they will make a fantastic pair. I think their chemistry, because of their their own kind of quirky, goofy nature, um, if they if they let that shine, and this is an animated comedic movie, so of course. They're not only going to let that shine, they're going to highlight it. I think it's going to be probably one of the best elements of, of the production. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I don't have any attraction to them whatsoever. You will be. You will be. <laughs> I'm not super excited about um, the character design. Now, I don't hate it. It wasn't like it made... I looked at it and I thought, no, never going to see this. But I often have problems with character design in Pixar movies. I don't like that big, bigger size head. I don't like that over-drama cartoon look. I'm much more of a photoreal guy. I like, I like that. And I know you kind of get to the uncanny valley when you start to make those decisions. But something about the way these characters look reminds me of World of Warcraft. And I have never liked the art design of World of Warcraft. Ooh, man. I have also never liked the art design of World of Warcraft. Um, but I didn't see that when I watched the trailers for the, for the movie. I saw an attempt at the kind of 80s-esque... Like, I, I think you were totally right. With the van and the... The hairstyles and everything just screamed 80s to me. I don't know. That's what I saw as opposed to Warhammer. Or not Warhammer. Wow. Now I'm going to look at it and I'm going to see wow. Thank you, Jace. My bad. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I haven't ruined it for you. But there is something about, you know, the color of their skin is not, uh, it is 
they're elves, but they're blue elves. And, you know, there's just something kind of overly cartoony about it. I, I loved the movie Frozen. I did not like the art design of Frozen. I don't, I don't like bobblehead look and that kind of Bratz doll design. Um, but, and I also get why you don't want to just do photo reel. It, it limits your scope. These are supposed to be cartoons, and I get that. They just happen to be computer-generated, and cartoons don't look like people most of the time, unless you're Jessica Rabbit. And definitely <laughs> I'm told that she's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's over the top. What's the term when you have, like, um, your eyes are too large uh, and your head is too big? There's a term for that. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. All right, let's cut that one. <laughs> is that not right? <laughs> No, the term is like you infantilize a, a character by making their eyes too large chibi. and their head too big. It's not chibi. There's like a, an actual term for like infantilizing a, a, a particular character to make them look. Um, uh, it, it even happens like with, with puppies and kittens and stuff like their eyes are larger and their heads are larger um, to for the parents to like take pity on them and want them to survive as opposed to just kicking them out of the out of the nest is there there's a term for that i know there is it might be it. chibi okay it doesn't <laughs> matter. Don't know. uh jace how do you feel about tom holland doing an american accent he can do any accent he wants baby as long as we get to watch <laughs> him do it for, he, he sells the American accent. He does it with P, with Peter Parker, obviously, and you know you just don't question it. I never hear his British peek through, his British accent peek through. I, I just I like the dude. I think he's just the bee's knees, and he probably tastes like butter. I there's just not much he can't do well. He, he's he does parkour. He does a lot of his own stunts. He's just a great dancer i mean he he, he uh, does stage acting as well that's how i got his start i'm just a huge freaking fan so i love it i i, I don't care what he would do i'd probably love it anyways i bet he donates to charity too probably hey um if you happen to be listening tom holland i run a nonprofit. i'd be happy to take a donation all right well regardless Onwards is set to release in theaters on march 6th of 2020 Jace might just close his eyes and pretend he's watching a really weird Spider-Man movie, but we'll still go see it regardless. <laughs> alright, so, um, we, we love to tell you guys all the things that we no doubt get wrong while we are embarking on the journey that has been recording this podcast. Um, and this episode, we were planning on doing a trivia segment, as I mentioned at the beginning. Um, however, that, uh, that particular bit of recording is now lost to the annals of time. It will never be found, and uh, we're, we're very sorry. I won. <laughs> I don't like to admit uh, anything that I did wrong. It was a really great game show, you guys. It came down to a tie. And then there was a tiebreaker, and then I got it. I don't want to talk about it. Really wish y'all could have heard it. You would have loved it. I think we should move on. I think we should keep being really vague about it. We'll get more and more upset that we've absolutely yep, lost this that. piece of recording. Nope. We'll, we'll keep moving on. 
Listen. Anyway. Listen. Hi, it's me, Solar Producer. Listen. I'm just glad it happened for the trivia game and not something hugely important. Yeah, I mean, imagine <laughs> it lost the outro. Whoops. Whoopsie! I mean, alright, I'm gonna give you guys, I'm gonna give the audience some, uh, some insight into every recording. So gonna do. give us the tea. I'm gonna give you the tea on tea because we have to re record the outro like at least three times every episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Fight me, T. It's okay, guys. Don't worry. We've been saving all of the uh, the, the flubs, and <laughs> there may or may not be a blooper episode available after the rest of the Nonsense. podcast. Nonsense. We make no mistakes. Mistakes were made. <laughs> mistakes are made in it every episode. It may be 90% me mispronouncing people's names, but we'll find out when we get there. I will be putting together a blooper reel, and it will have a compilation of T just mispronouncing names. I don't believe it. Ricky Chavois. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one, yeah. That was great. <sighs> I just Chibois. run face first into these two. It's like, every every time. Ricky Ijuavassier. We do have a quota to fill. We have not talked about Star Wars yet this episode. Um, so we're just going to kind of freehand it. Um, but my question for both of you is, I know that we've talked a lot about Elder Scrolls as Star Wars, and I wanted to ask you guys about what your favorite bits of trivia were from the different franchises. Um, you know, whether that's like something from behind the scenes, whether that's like you just really like the work of this one voice actor, if there's this one funky NPC, like I, I've heard that there's the one NPC in Elder Scrolls, um, where you can actually hear the voice actor repeat the line twice because they apologize for getting it wrong the first time, but they never cut the audio clip. And they animated that? I didn't know that. That's hilarious. I'm, you probably don't know this about me, but I'm a huge fan of boy bands. So one what? of my favorite, one of my favorite bits of trivia is the fact that the band In Sync was played as Jedi in the huge Jedi battle in Attack of the Clones out on the uh, the fields in Geonosis. So that's a, a really cool piece of just important nostalgia and Americana that I think everyone should be aware of. I'm now aware of that, Jace. Thank you. Did you know it ahead of time? Like no. I had no idea. JT was out there with a lightsaber, slugging it out. No, I wrote that down, and I'm going to Google it after this podcast recording, and I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to be more enlightened afterwards. Thank you so much for this. If they were doing it today, it, they should put the Jonas Brothers in, because I'm a huge fan of them as well. Hey, Jace. What? That's not actually true. It's true. They were supposed to be in it. They didn't actually appear. It's actually true. Mm-hmm. This article, this article says otherwise. They filmed scenes, but they didn't appear. They didn't appear in the final version. Well, thanks, Sil. Oh, no. Something that I've been clinging to for fifteen years. You're you're ruining, aren't you? <laughs> Watch your language. I'm gonna have to bleep that. Yeah, well, bleep this. Can we say that? <laughs> Oh, this man. is a family-friendly establishment. <laughs> okay, so um, as far as like what's super cool, uh, you know, honestly, learning who voiced um, whom, uh, the, the 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 folks who've been a part of some of the lore of Elder Scrolls. Honestly, it's been it's one of the most 
Um, it's one of the cooler franchises that I have um, been able to participate in. And frankly, some of the voices that they have had, some of the um, the names they've that they've had participating in the in the story of Elder Scrolls, uh, not just the, the various games. Honestly, Elder Scrolls up until Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Three, um, they were, and let me say they were um, less than famous games. Um, when Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind came about, it started to gain some fame, at least among the PC crowd. Uh, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion was fantastic. Elder Scrolls Firem, Sky, <laughs> Firem, Skyrim blew the doors off of um, uh, at least PC games and their um, inferior counterparts among the consoles. But then Elder Scrolls Online, oh my goodness, has that been just a phenomenon. Uh, the the folks who have participated in what is ESO has been tremendous. Uh, the folks who have voiced various characters, particularly the Prophet, for those of you who have played through the ESO uh, main storyline, uh, the dudes who's voiced um, Molek Ball, and more recently the dude who's voiced um, Abner Tharn. I, I I can't for the life of me remember his name. Jace, do you remember his name? The guy who voiced Abner Thorne? No, but I have a Google machine in front of me. Oh my goodness, I do too, but I didn't want to resort to it. He... Ooh, I, was, I did that whole thing in Hapslock. <laughs> That's um, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. A, thank you, Jace. Uh, a remarkably talented actor and voice actor. And Abner Kate, Thorne. How about Kate Beckinsale? As Queen, who Aaron. is Queen Aaron? Yeah, Ooh, that's something. Goodness, mm, I really yes. like those movies about the vampires and werewolves. I did too. And we have a guild that's about vampires and werewolves. Full circle. Oh See? no, Queen Aaron though doesn't wear nearly enough black uh, latex and uh, leather. But anywho, that's not the point. The point is that the production value of Elder Scrolls has increased tremendously over the years to the point where they have. They've really moved into the realm and genre of incredibly talented and remarkably um, workaholic-centric um, actors, voice actors, and talent. And and I think it shows. There's there's a for anybody who's played Arena or Daggerfall or Redguard, like those early Elder Scrolls games, like the difference is night and day. Um, where, where it concerns the games as they stand now. There's just such a difference. And I think it, it not only shows, but it, it keeps it keeps gamers interested and keeps gamers around. I am I love Elder Scrolls Online. And a lot of it is just the effort and love that's put into it. If you are interested in learning more about lore of any of the things that we've talked about here, or just generally, you know, maybe doing some RP roleplay community, um, you can check out any variety of our various guilds and communities and communities that we have available at SoakinGaming.com.
All right. This week for tea time, we have a question from one of our writers, Bella. Bella asks, what are your thoughts on the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series being pushed back? And are you worried about it potentially being canceled? My feelings are crippling fear and worried no, more like anxiety beyond the dreams of avarice. I don't have the same worry. Um, honestly, there's a part of me that has grown a cynical thick skin over Kathleen Kennedy's um, Disney Lucasfilm, um, I don't know what you'd call it, monarchy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not that surprised that things went bad, and I'm not that surprised that the thing that she has um, taken an interest in has been uh, stymied. I have some theories about it, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna sit on them. I think uh, Ewan McGregor allayed many of my fears and just said the internet is making too much of it. But that was the crux of what he said. This is very simply uh, production going back to for some some script revision, and that is it. It is still a thing. No one fret. It's just a delay. That made me feel better when he came out with his statement. Um, of course, the first reaction is always just sheer panic. <clears throat> but unlike my compatriot here, Kathleen Kennedy's Kathleen Kennedy's Disney Plus uh, record so far is you know she's batting a thousand. So. Obi-Wan's gonna happen, and anyone who says otherwise can literally suck a beer bottle neck. <laughs> she's batting a thousand on the things that she's not involved in. I agree. She's um, still a producer. I mean, she's still the executive producer of Lucasfilms. Sure. I think the scripts that she... So it appears that the it's the script of Obi-Wan that she took issue with. And it is the scripts of the sequel movies that she blessed off on that were not the successes we hoped for. Um, and it is the script of The Mandalorian that she did not have any say in that has been the success that it has been. She absolutely um, had a say. Now, whether or not she had creative control or input is different, but as the executive producer, she's got to sign the checks i mean she's she has to ultimately give me my yeah i mean at, at some level for sure um, she read i think them. i i think the relative success of um uh, uh, modern disney projects at least modern disney lucasfilm projects their their relative success has an inverse correlation to her involvement in them and the more she's involved, the less successful they are. The fact that she has um, kiboshed the the script of Obi-Wan, I think that spells um, disaster, because I think the Obi-Wan script was probably gold. And she... How can you say that? Like, come on. It's probably gold. <laughs> it probably on... was gold. Modern Disney has a habit. Okay, with the exception of Leia, Modern Disney has had a habit of taking a giant crap on any character they have not created. All of them have been either the the most worthless and useless exaggeration of their previous selves, 
or just been killed, murdered I cannot, outright. I cannot think of a Marvel character that Disney has crapped on. Marvel characters right. have been actually brought to fruition. Right. I'm not talking about Marvel. You brought up Marvel. I'm but not that talking Disney about controls Marvel. Marvel. Right, right, right. Not Kathleen Kennedy. She has nothing to do with Marvel. She, Kathleen Kennedy has everything to do with Lucasfilms and Disney. And the characters that, that, that they have created have been their golden children. And those characters that they have not created have been taken a monumental dump upon. I don't know, maybe I'm not following the line of thought. So you're saying that the Han Solo's got the shaft and the the Poe Dameron's are getting the, the shine. That's what Correct, you're yes, That's absolutely. What well, I liked Poe. I mean, I thought he was a pretty cool character. I agree. I thought he was a pretty cool character, too. I thought all of the characters that have been recently created by Disney have had potential. They've been okay. I also did not think Han Solo deserved the death that he got. I didn't think that Luke Skywalker deserved the... Hmm, hermitdom and death that he got i don't think any of the characters from original star wars that were not disney characters sans leia leia got the star treatment um, but all the rest they got um crapped upon in my opinion i think luke did i i would say that the rest they got a pretty nice nod uh i can't think of one beyond luke that i felt sick about I Luke, thought... I did. Luke, I did. But beyond that, I like Han's Han send-off. I, I mean, it yeah, was I... certainly sad, and it was very devastating to actually watch the, the film and live through it. But I thought that it was it was very well done, and it was felt it felt like a real. I hate that we missed such a huge arc of all of their lives, but it felt like yeah. a great arc from the beginning of the selfish, very you know credit motivated Han Solo to this last moment of complete and utter selflessness for his kid. You know, the memory notwithstanding. I, I feel like that was a really cool arc for a person to go through. Um, and then Chewie got relegated to a pet. But he was always the family dog. Let's be honest. No, he, he didn't Chewie ever have a character was Han's arc. partner. He was, but he didn't have a character arc. He always had the sidekick slash family dog yes, role. Yes, but the sidekick of Han Solo. Like, why was he not given the keys to the Millennium Falcon? Why was he not the like go to when when Han died? Why did Leia go and hug Rey as opposed to Chewie? Like Chewie's th moment there was in... no sense to it. Chewie's moment in Rise of Skywalker was one of the most emotional moments for me in the entire film. That's the moment that really got to me as a Star Wars fan. I think that I think that he got a very fantastic emotional moment where he hasn't had that at all prior to him. he didn't get it when Han died you're right but man when it, the moment that they they got back the to the base and he just collapsed oh it tore me in two well we can't speak much further on star wars spoilers at least not in this episode if you'd like to submit a tea time question for the podcast head on over to soakinggaming.com slash soakinmedia and find the submission bar on the right hand side of the page Thank you everyone for tuning in for our penultimate episode. For more Soakin Media, you can visit us at SoakinGaming.com slash SoakinMedia, follow our Twitter at SoakinGaming, and subscribe to our YouTube, Soakin Gaming Community. You can look for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, I've been T. I've been Jay Shady. <laughs> I was an am. Shall remain Leo. And for those of you who have been waiting for us to dive into the deep end of the Rise of Skywalker spoilers, tune in next week. We got something special for you. 
Get classy, Soken. Thank you for listening to the Soken Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Soken Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokengaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace?